What do you guys think of uh, Mike Grable walking the Chargers sidelines next year? They just announced that they had an interview with him today. Wow. I like it. I yeah. like it. You like him, that? Him or Harbaugh. Yeah, which one do you prefer? I would love Harbaugh with Justin Herbert, but, I mean, they really need some help on the defensive they side do. of the ball. That's what Brandon Staley was supposed to do, and uh, the defense actually regressed every year. So, uh... Rabel make that team Rabel. mentally tough. Rabel's going to want more team. control. Actually, mm-hmm. Harbaugh's probably going to want some control, too. Yeah, I, I don't think they could lose either with, with either guy. Bill Belichick's apparently going to have another interview with the Falcons. That That's going to be the weirdest thing. If Bill Belichick's coaching the Falcons next year. That'd be year, so nuts. I mean, no matter where he's coaching, it's going to be weird. But just Cause thinking it's not of, in, Yeah, because it's not in New England. And it's all, but it would also be like such an opposite of what they had in New England, too. Like, think of that offense and the weapons they have, and you don't have a quarterback right now, but you look at that and just go, how... How's Bill Belichick going to get? He's a defensive guy. If I'm the Falcons, I want somebody that's offensive-minded. Yeah. I mean, they spent a bunch of money on the defense last year. The defense was a little bit better this season. Mm-hmm. But yeah. They, they, I mean, they really need a quarterback. I would love to see Jaden Daniels, or if Justin Fields is going to be out, I would like to see him in Atlanta. Oh, it's the coaching carousel weapons. that just keeps on turning. Ben Standig jumps on with us, senior writer for The Athletic, covers the Commanders, covers the NFL, and uh, you're about as plugged in as it gets when it comes to this coaching search here. Commanders are one thing, but let's just look big picture. Where do you think some of these coaching uh, candidates, names that we just talked about and some of the others are going to end up landing? Because it's starting to feel like there's just more and more names out there, Ben, and they're all interviewing for all the same jobs, and it's getting harder and harder to predict where everybody's going to go. Yeah, um, the market, and thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, the market's flooded. I mean, like for months we were talking about, okay, Ben Johnson is like the top guy, and then we'll see what happens. And then suddenly Belichick, Rabel, Harbaugh, like you said, even Pete Carroll, depending on how people want to view him, are all available. Um, you mentioned Belichick. I mean, it, I mean, you know, just reading the tea leaves, it does kind of feel like Atlanta. By the way, the talk about you guys talk about how it would be weird. Let's not forget the Super Bowl, the twenty-eight to three joke. Oh yes. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's going to be super weird. You, 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 I'm sure the people load that guy uh, for his role in that comeback, and uh, now he was pretend to be their coach. Um, so that's a pretty interesting one for sure. The Chargers one, boy, I mean, I you know Harbaugh, I, I would have said between like the Chargers and Raiders, he's going to be that the coach for one of those teams. But, you know, he's interviewed for jobs the last couple of years and didn't get hired despite his, um, you know, despite his success in the NFL before he went back to college. And I don't know, you got to have to wonder a little bit, like, what's going on there? He seems like a bit of a acquired taste, I guess you could say, as a personality. Um, and because there are so many other options, you know, if the Raiders stay with Antonio Pierce, if the Chargers do say go with a Mike Vrabel, which would be a reasonable call, then what happens? Uh, so I, I, you know, I guess I'd say Harbaugh to the Chargers right now, but uh, we'll see about that. And uh, you, you know, I mean, it, I think to me, Carolina is sort of the biggest wild card because obviously, you know, they've they've inherited, you know, the, the Washington's long stand long, long held position of being the most seemingly dysfunctional team in the league <laughs> with with what with what their owner has done the last couple of years, but just like Dan Snyder did. He's probably going to pay a lot of money to get people. You know, Dan Snyder was able to get Mike Shanahan, Steve Spurrier, Joe Gibbs out of retirement, et cetera. So who knows what what uh, what, what Tepper, David Tepper can pull off? Can he just throw a ton of money at one of these people that we've said, and that be enough, or does he end up having to go, you know, sort of dip deeper into the into the uh, you know other other options 
um, to, to figure it out. So I think the Carolina one to me is probably the most interesting. Ben, I think the best jobs would be, I mean, I mean Atlanta, because I'd want to go to the NFC. Like coaching Justin Herbert sounds awesome, but then you remember it's the Chargers and it could be Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. Like they always have the talent. But And now you're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes for if you're going to be coaching there the next 10 years plus. So I think the commander's job is actually probably the best job. You have the number two overall pick. Caleb Williams most likely goes number one, so you get Drake May. Who would you rather see, Bobby Slowick, Ben Johnson, or would you want one of those established guys like a Mike Vrabel? You know, or do you want you know the young offensive mind with your new quarterback, with your rookie quarterback? Yeah, I got the sense kind of throughout that um, the new uh, commander's ownership led by Josh Harris that I, I'm probably expecting to see more of a younger person that, that can grow and now grow with Adam Peters, their new GM. So the two offensive coordinators that you named would both fit that bill. Uh, Bobby Slowick was with the 49ers for a few years, along with Peters before he went to Houston. He only has the one year as a coordinator, and he's 36, so that would make me a little worried. But, of course, yes, I'm aware Sean McVay was like – you know, 12 years old when he got the Rams job. I think it was 30, but, you know. Um, but it's not like Ben Johnson's like some, you know, old fogey. He's, I think, 37, has been a coordinator for two years. He's just done, you know, he's just been very impressive with what he has pulled off. I, I think the conventional thinking is that Ben Johnson slash an offensive player or offensive mind is where to go. But, you know, there's just not a lot of offensive uh, coordinator types this year, of the seven candidates Washington has on their list, five are on the defensive side, uh, including Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn, Mike McDonald with the Ravens. So I think I would put the offensive guys first, but I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a lock. I mean, you know, obviously uh, Peters had uh, Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. If you could get Kyle Shanahan, that'd be one thing. But not every offensive coordinator is you know is what he is. So you know, I. I I'm kind of buying into they're going to go for the best leader and then figure out the rest. But, you know, if I had to put money down, the, the Ben Johnson seems like the way to go. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, Ben, and I know oh. you cover the Commanders, so <laughs> that might be difficult for you to hear. But it's honestly difficult for me to hear coming from myself. What a terrible, <laughs> terrible loss that was to Green Bay. The one shining feeling that I had after that was it will at least – this team can finally rip the Band-Aid off and move on from Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones says he stands by him. And even though that was the worst loss in his 80 years, what are you hearing about why this team continues to stay committed to a guy who you know, makes Zeke Elliott an offensive lineman in a playoff game? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jerry Jones has historically uh, been a fairly – uh, loyal, if that's the right word, uh, owner. You know, Jason Garrett stayed around for way longer than I think a lot of people would have thought. Um, you know, look, it, it's such a tricky balance. You know, they've won obviously 12 games in the regular season, three years in a row. Everybody would, you know, almost every team would would, would kill for such a, a resume, but then to fall flat in the playoffs. So the question is, okay, what's you know what's the missing ingredient? Is the coach somehow coming up short with his game planning or motivation tactics? Is the quarterback the one who seems to be off. I mean, I kind of thought that Dak Prescott looked, you know, uh, I don't know, underwhelming or just not. Like he crap. didn't look. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's a more efficient way to go. Um, but, you know, he just he just didn't look like he had a lot of pizzazz or a lot of pop, a lot of energy going out there early, and the team kind of played that way. They're obviously stuck with him, at least for another year, because of the 
the salary cap charges and there's not much they can do. So, you know, I, I, part of me has kind of wondered, do they think that the real issue is that Dak has not stepped up his game, but there's not much they can do about it. So, you know, bring back McCarthy, who, you know, overall has done a fine job in the regular season. But, you know, considering the Belichicks and the Harbaugh's and all that that are out there, I, I guess I did wonder, would Jerry decide, hey, there's a potential upgrade up, up, up here regardless of what we think of Mike, so we got to look into it. But, you know, I guess they've decided to uh, to not do that. Speaking of Harbaugh, there's another Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, that is already coaching in the NFL. And the Ravens, nine-and-a-half-point favorites this weekend against the Texans. That's the first game, the 4.30 Eastern kick that we're going to have to kick off Divisional Weekend, Ben. And, you know, the Ravens haven't played their starters in two weeks. They didn't even play a game last week having the bye. Obviously, the smart thing to do was to rest really valuable the names, right? Like Lamar Jackson and everybody else. But, you know, there's always the concern of like maybe a slow start or, you know, rest versus rust. And we kind of talked about that earlier in the show. I'm, I'm, I'm curious where you fall in that category with rest versus rust and maybe specifically with the Ravens, given that, I mean, Lamar looks locked in, looks ready to go, but this Texans team's playing loose and they just don't seem to be phased by anybody that's in front of them. Yeah, you know, I remember when Peyton Manning with the Colts and they constantly had some of these underwhelming playoff performances after a dominant regular season. And sometimes it was very, I thought, very direct, directly tied to the fact that they were, had rested, kind of like what you're saying. I think some, I think one year they maybe even sat the last couple of weeks, or at least, you know, their main, their main players. It is tricky, um, for sure. And I, look, I, uh, (laughs) it would be hard for me to say that the Ravens, are going to lose this game, but because of what you just said, because of their past history with some struggles uh, in recent years in the postseason with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, uh, you know, and, and I will also note that it feels like half their organization is currently interviewing for mm-hmm. jobs elsewhere, <laughs> whether it's GM, head coach, you know, people on both sides of the ball. Like there's a lot of people in that organization who are currently, I don't know if distracted's a bit strong, but you know. At least part part of their mind is somewhere else, so I, I'd be a little concerned. But you know, they've been great all year. Houston, as good as CJ Stratt is, you know, you wonder at some point that does a rookie start looking more like one, even though he hasn't really all year. So I'll pick Houston, but I definitely have this one on sort of upset. I'm sorry, I'll take uh, Baltimore, but I definitely have this one on sort of like upset alert. Ooh, upset alert. That would be a doozy, especially since they look so dominant down the stretch of the season. The game that I'm going to and the game that I'm fascinated by is the Chiefs and the Bills. Uh, Bills two-and-a-half-point favorites at the crib. Chiefs starting to figure some things out in terms of what buttons they want to push offensively. Middle of the field, Kelsey, Rasheed Rice run the ball with Pacheco. Tons of defensive injuries, not just last week, but in week 18 for the the Bills. Uh, What do you think? the game script is going to be here for the Chiefs to try to get an upset in Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Yeah, I mean, I think the weirdest part about this, beyond the fact that the Chiefs are actually playing on the road, is I think it's going to be up to their defense Mm -hmm. to kind of uh, win this thing. You know, Josh Allen has been, you know, an MVP candidate this year, and, you know, they they definitely have, uh, you know, I feel like they've had it more going offensively this year than Kansas City has. But Buffalo's got a bunch of injuries on defense, and the Chiefs, you know, their their defense has been pretty good all year. I'm not counting what happened last week against Miami because the weather, I'm sure, uh, impacted the, the Dolphins. But their defense has been pretty good all year. So, you know, weirdly enough, I think the Chiefs need to keep this, you know, kind of a more low-scoring game. They've struggled in the red zone, as we saw last week. 
And, you know, their receivers have been very hit or miss th- this year. So, you know, they got as weird as it sounds, they need to be the team that, you know, is effective, limits turnovers, and then defensively gets after uh, Josh Allen, uh, you know, as best they can. I, Boy, I'll tell you what, if Buffalo doesn't win this game, we just talked about coaching changes. Yeah. I think you really have to wonder about uh, Sean McDermott, mm-hmm. not, not because he's not a good coach, but from the same point of getting over the hump, right? I mean, it's one thing to keep losing to Kansas City in Kansas City, but you've got home field advantage. The Chiefs are not exactly, you know, on fire right now. You've got to win this game somehow. I mean, it's easier said than done, but Buffalo's got to figure out how to get this one done. Ben, we got about two minutes left here. Uh, what road dog in the NFC would surprise you more if they actually won this game outright? Green Bay is nine and a half point dogs, or Tampa Bay and Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles as six and a half point underdogs in Detroit? Well, I mean, Detroit. I guess on the one hand it would be Green Bay because San Francisco looks like, you know, the uh, the top team of the conference. But I, boy, I don't know. Is Tampa Bay really going to get this done? I, I, you know, beating Philly, who is just completely nose diving didn't seem that crazy from the Philly perspective, but I don't know how good Tampa Bay really is. Uh, you know, they barely, you know, they, they barely eked out that uh, bad NFC South because basically everybody else was, was not good either. So I think Tampa Bay would surprise me more, even though, because I mean, I, I'm impressed with what Green Bay has been doing. I think mean, Matt LaFleur is a, a very good coach. You know, Jordan Love, maybe again, maybe he turns into a pumpkin this week, but he's been looking strong for several weeks now. And I think Green Bay has got some, got some momentum so I, I guess I would say Tampa beating Detroit would be a little more surprising for me yeah I mean when you think about it I think you bring up a good point Ben is like you look at the way Philadelphia has been just nose diving week after week after week it might have almost been I don't know I don't want to call Tampa like a, a paper tiger but like maybe it just kind of inflated what they look like as a team just a little bit but you know I mean the Lions at home dude they're one of the best in the NFL there I mean th- that that team I think I'm if Tampa was to able go to go into Detroit and pull off an upset there, because it's just it almost feels like hey, they're that team that won the division, shouldn't really be in the playoffs, but you know here we are. So uh, Ben Standig, senior writer for the Athletic, great to talk to you, my friend. Good stuff. Hey everyone, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I mean if Tampa, you know if Tampa at least hangs tough in that game, it's just it's right that's the team that should make the playoffs, wins the division, right? They go in there loose right. and they play a really bad, suddenly falling apart team in Philadelphia. It just felt like a perfect storm for a win there. It's tough. Detroit is like, dude, this team is riding high. It's a team of destiny. As they should be. You know, yeah. There's just and they're at home again. I want them to win. Yeah, I want them going down, baby. Bucks plus six and a half. Big. Wouldn't big. you love to see Lions and Bills? For the Super Bowl? That'd no, be so I'm a, fun. I'm a Packer fan. No, I want to see San Francisco Buffalo because then I'm rich. All right. 49ers Ravens. Nope. That oh, doesn't, yes. Not rich. Then. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about me, <laughs> damn it. It's all about me. Exactly. <laughs> Rob Brown's going to jump on with us. It's Downtown. Rob Brown.